Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy Seafood. Instant analysis time after whew, the Ravens 33-27 loss to the Las Vegas Raiders in the season opener on Monday Night Football. There is a lot of different places we will go here. Um, I will just throw it to you first, Banks, and let you let you riff on your overall thoughts on what this means for the Ravens a little bit moving forward and what you saw tonight. Uh, I'm going to do as much talking as possible. I have been under the weather, weather for about four days, so I'm just going to put that out here right at the beginning. Uh, but, uh, Banks, your thoughts overall on this one? Well, I'm struggling to, like, regain my voice here for a minute after that interception over time. But anyways, um, disgusted. I'm fucking disgusted. This game should have been over in the second quarter when we were up two scores. Uh, everything went sideways from there. They just lost all ability to do everything that they did the first quarter and a half. They forgot how to run the football and use Lamar on the ground until it was too late. And then the defense was gas and they were gassed again. And then they were gassed again. It looked, looked exactly like the Monday night football game against Cleveland last year where the defense just had nothing to give for the last quarter or so. And I mean, you, we leaned on Lamar and we leaned on Justin Tucker to be clutch and do what he does. And Lamar led the team down the field for two game winning drives in the fourth quarter. And the defense gave it right back. And they didn't even seem to have a chance on any of those drives. They just gave everything to the Raiders. I mean, they didn't even challenge those guys. I mean, poor tackling, just people wide open, just look like bad effort. The guys in the front four seemed gassed the entire time. The only person who really seemed to have a motor all night, and this is my one defensive star of the game, I would say, is Oway. He was awesome. I thought he he was a big reason why we were able – I know the play looked kind of fluky with the way it went through the hands and then off the helmet, and we got the pick that way, but he was in his in car's face on that throw, and he was in the backfield all game making the tackles like that. Anyways, I don't feel like I shouldn't be spending all that much time raining praise on anybody right now because this team's in big trouble. I didn't think there was any way we could go into this game and and come away with it and not at least fall back. And you know how you know my 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 way of thinking. Like there was some way I would find a way to be like it's just one game. It does not feel like it's one game. I feel like the entire trajectory of this season is fucked not because of the loss per se in the standings but because of the way this team plays the effort all the things that you want to see from a team over the last two and a half quarters of this football game was dog shit it was dog shit all the way through and i have no nobody should have any reason whatsoever to think that we're going to go at home next week and have travis kelsey and that offense come in here and find a way to stop them there's no fucking way that we have an answer to that. We're just going to find one in a week. I don't know if Jimmy Smith comes back from the dead and, and drops five, six years off his age. I don't know. I, there's just no, I I'm struggling to figure out what potential answers there could be at this point in time, because I haven't even touched on the offensive line. The offensive line was dog shit too. They sucked the first three quarters. They were terrible. And then what we did is we started to run the football with the ball. We kind of just let him off the chain and, and stopped holding him back and let him run some of the design runs that let him do the things that make him the way he is. And I mean, that, that 28 yard run he had across the middle of the field where he's dodge a tackle and kind of spun and went from 35 to the other 35. Awesome play vintage Lamar. It was the type of play we needed in that given moment. And I know we can't do it all the time, but it took too long for us to, to just see that Villanueva was blocking nobody on the right side of that line. 
hell, Ronnie Stanley was doing, you know, he's his first game back from injury. He was not doing well. He was constantly getting pushed back into Lamar and Lamar, when he starts to get those happy feet and he starts doing the pump fake and hesitating and all that stuff, bad news. It's bad news. So, um, man, it's just, there's so many things I could go on and on and on. And I'm already running out of breath talking about it. Somebody else, somebody else talk. I'm, I'm furious. I mean, I, I again, I'll kind of highlight what you were, what you were talking about at the end there. And as a, a fan of a team whose left tackle is also coming back from a major injury, it like the, the offensive line again, Villanueva looked he looked like a guy who deserved to be a free agent. And it's kind of like, shit, okay, well, now we know why Pittsburgh didn't really put up a, a fight to keep him. Um, I mean, he and it was, like, noticeably bad. And and that's yeah. that's never never good. And the Tyree Phillips injury, that's – That sucks. It, it, and especially with how quick, again, they ruled him out, it, it, it kind of seemed like he went down, he got carted off, and it was two minutes later, it's like, boom, he's out for the game. It's like, all right, not great. Um, I, I mean, that's – like you said, the second Lamar gets any type of pressure, he gets hit. He gets a guy flashing across his face. He's getting the happy feet, and he's kind of – I mean, his pump fix tonight, too. It seemed like he, he wanted to go downfield and either just didn't have time or you know, because of the line or just because the guys weren't getting open. Um, it, I mean, it, there, there's a lot of things that, that, that are going to plague this team, it seems. And, and like you said, Owe on, on the defensive line was like a man possessed. Yeah. Um, Calais obviously had that one play where he absolutely blew. I haven't seen a lineman get blown up like that. Like that looked like one of those, uh, that, that big old high school prospect that went to Clemson who had that like viral highlight tape of him just owning JV kids. Like that's what, that's what Calais looked like there. But the Marcus Peters thing, I, I know people have talked about it. It's not a, it's not, it wasn't hidden that people knew it. That's going to be an issue. And like you said, Brian, um, Jimmy Smith is eventually going to be back, but that, doesn't really solve anything if no. you know it i mean it's a different type of corner than what we have out there and one that has yeah, a little more experience like we saw like brandon stevens was exposed here and there he also made some plays here and there and so did mm -hmm. some other guys but once they started to figure those guys out the raiders and who to attack and who to go after and, i mean Tavon young had a rough night out there he's another guy coming off multiple injuries so you can't really like you just got to know that that's a situation at hand but that doesn't change the situation at hand we're just in the hole on these things. And we don't have time to, for these guys to necessarily figure it out on the fly. So, I mean, this is probably for a conversation for the end, but it's hard not to think that we're and two right now. Like we're and two and we're going to go to Detroit and see what we can do and pick up the pieces from there. Like, I don't, it's not like, it's not my style to just give up on a game the way that I'm looking at this chiefs game and in five, six days, but like, there's just no reason to believe that we have a, a, a shot in hell. So you look at the schedule, you get Detroit and you get Denver to try to get your bearings and, and get your feet under you a little bit and, and hope that you've got your shit together come October against the Colts and the Chargers and that whole run of teams. Yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting – I think when we've done these over the – we did these last year, I think there was like a lot of times where we would sit there and be like, oh, you know, the Ravens lost this game, but like – you know, you have this qualifier and this guy played pretty well and blah, 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 blah. Like to me, this is like a very complete team L. Like there's really no like, oh, like I, every fan base likes to do that. Oh, the offense played well. It was the defense's fault. All oh, the defense played well. It's the offense's fault. Like this is this is on them. I mean, it, like to me, and you said it, I think the the, the third and fourth quarter and the, and the madness at the end will get, be the thing that gets broken down in the really short snippets. I think the Ravens lose this game at the end of the first half. 
I mean, they have every ability to just make it like so many other games where they can just say they, 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 they had every chance to be up 21 seven going into the half and getting the ball. And at that point, if you're the Raiders, like you've never won any of these games against a good team. So what you're going to go into the half and be like, Oh yeah, we're coming back from two scores against a team. That's been, you know, the second best franchise in the AFC over the past three years in the regular season. Like you're, you're not. And, and the Ravens, you know, you know, KJ Wright makes a great play, but like, you know, you, you got to get a first down like on that on fourth and one and the Ravens are aggressive and whatever, but like, that's a huge play. Then, then they, they don't, yeah. then the Raiders just come down, get a field goal. And it's 14, 10. It's a totally different game. It's so funny. Everyone's everyone on Twitter and people text me are like, how is this still a game? How is this still a game? It's like, you got to actually beat teams. Like you, 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 you I, I know there was this fantasy land two years ago where the Ravens just kicked the shit out of teams in the first half. And this wasn't stressful. Like it's not happening. It's just not happening. You actually have to beat the team to win the game. The Ravens just didn't do that at any point during the game. And so it's, you know, it feels all like whatever, no one's stressed, but like the Raiders are not bad and they're playing in front of a, you know, fired up building that's, you know, never seen them play before. Like all they had a lot of factors that helped them bring back up. But I, I just, that part infuriated me. Like you've got to complete, like the Ravens didn't complete either half. They didn't complete the first half well. They didn't complete the second half well. They obviously didn't complete overtime well, despite them getting just lucky. I mean, they just straight up got lucky to have still been in the game in overtime and gotten a shot. I mean, the fact that yeah. the Raiders couldn't get the ball. I mean, they just gave up an easy drive down the field and just straight up stupidity um, from Leatherwood or or if Derek Carr messed up the snap count, who, who knows, whichever. I mean, they, they were going to get in the end zone there. So I, that was the most frustrating part for me. It's like, and, and maybe this is a, something that's a, and you, you talked about effort, you know, this is, you still have a lot of players in this team that were on these teams to where it just became very easy to win. Like it is so freaking hard to win these games. And I think these guys have kind of, kind of get back. Not that they don't know that, but you got to get back in the mentality of being like, we got to actually close these teams out. They're not just going to go away from us. You know, they're just, they're not going to go away from us. Maybe like they did two years ago. The other thing for me, and you could tell so early in the game that Stanley and Villanova were outmatched by Ngakwe and Crosby. Honestly, it was the Ravens lucked out that Ngakwe got hurt because he was toasting um, poor Ronnie Stanley on the other side, who's obviously come back from injury and you would think that's going to get better. And that this was a tough matchup for him to go against those two guys. Alejandro Villalueva had no shot. I don't think he's on this team by like week seven or eight. Here's he just can't play. Here's the problem. The right tackle position, our swing tackle, the guy that is supposed to be the plug and play guy is Tyree Phillips. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. I just don't see how you consistently put him out there and sell it to yourself each week. And Alejandro Villalueva has had an excellent career, um, but that was very tough to watch throughout the entire game. Um and then it really to me, was right. the entire game too. It, it was, was the entire was game, the and game. anybody with a pulse could tell that was happening on the from the first drive. I mean, Max Crosby looked like he would like he, he looked was like a Chandler Jones. Candy store. He looked, and he's a good player, but like he was a kid because he knew he knew it was over. He knew Villanova had no chance. He could power him. He could go around him. He could do whatever he wanted. He was toying with him the entire game. I even Naseeb thought- did, the, did the same thing. I was going to say, I thought Villanueva, no one, no one was really talking about it. And obviously he wouldn't on the touchdown pass to Marquise. I thought Villanueva was holding the hell out of Crosby. And if you watch it again, you may see it, but no, no one's going to watch it. But yeah, it's like he, I mean, he was getting beat like a drum the entire night by Crosby was in the backfield the entire night. 
It's and it, but you said you don't think he's on this team in a couple of weeks, or is it? I I, I just I mean maybe you're right. Maybe there just are no options. It's just hard for me to believe that you know it's not like they're tied to him for any type of like. Yeah. It's just you know maybe and maybe they keep him around. He just feels like a veteran that you brought in. You hoped had you you hoped he was a boxer with one last great fight at him, and you now you know he doesn't have it, and you spend the next four to five weeks figuring out who's a better option for his roster spot. That to me is where I feel like that's going. And that's, you know, sorry to Alejandro Villanueva. I, I wish it, it could work out. And maybe somehow it will, but there was just no indication. And you saw it all preseason. So it's not as if it's a surprise to anybody, but just to that, you're, you're just sort of hoping like, oh, maybe it's just, you know, you get to the regular season and it somehow turns on. Um, you know, and I, I did think in, in the, the Tyson Williams story is awesome. I think obviously the Ravens, you know, the Marcus Peters injury we talked about a lot and, and other things. I mean, the Ravens miss Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins desperately. I think that, you know, running backs are able to continue to be productive in the offense just by the nature of the offense. But those guys just don't give. And maybe as Latavius Murray gets more comfortable, he was great as sort of a guy behind Alvin Kamara last year. But I'm looking at that right now. I have no idea why Latavius has more carries than Tyson. Where did Tyson go? I mean, I don't know. He had nine someone carries he was, for sixty-five and a touchdown. Someone said he was like hurt. He was on the on the on the sideline without his helmet. But yeah, it was probably the pass protection. He wasn't. You know, he's he was kind of a key part of that fumble in overtime. But um, so he was very much on the field in that spot. But still, I just and he had the 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 pass where Lamar was trying to throw him upfield, and they were just on mm-hmm. different pages, which is just something that just happens. It's you know, I. Twitter blew up on that one worse than any of the other throws all night, I think. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, that's so clearly a throw that had direction to it. You know, it's if it's one thing, if he if he holds the ball too tight and throws it in the ground low and away, he was throwing it with effort, with conviction to a spot, a yard in front of him, trying to throw him upfield. And everyone got jumped down Lamar's neck on Twitter about that throw, which is bullshit. I was going to say, I saw you tweet that. And that's a that's a throw that you've seen Flacco make to Ray Rice countless times and again it's you gotta yeah. lead him upfield and he just he runs up the sideline untouched for 20 something like that so yeah that's just a an experience running back and guys who haven't played in, with each other enough it's just whatever which is just it just adds to the entire pile of how fucked this entire thing is right now well and i think i think greasy at one point made a really good point to say that and everyone will talk about the running backs in terms of like, oh, you lose. This is what J.K. Dobbins does. You lose. This is what Gus Edwards does. Uh, the ball handling aspect of it in terms of like when Lamar wants to pull it, when he wants to hand it off, like you could tell that was uncomfortable on multiple yeah. occasions between those guys. And uh, makes sense. Lamar couldn't have taken a lot of reps with Tyson Williams during – they didn't play in the preseason. Couldn't have taken a lot of reps with them <laughs> – over the past few weeks, obviously this week, probably uh, didn't take any reps with Latavius Murray. Like the guy's been on the team for 72 hours. So, you know, it's just, that was always going to be a tough thing for them to overcome. It what's what's stinks for the Ravens is this could have been a situation where you kind of escape with one when you had a lot of things not go your way this week, you know, I, to lose two hugely key players on Thursday, such a devastating blow on such a number of levels. And for them to have come and won this game 
would have been a heck of a performance against an Oakland or Oakland Vegas team. That's, that's not bad. It's not like they will, the, the Ravens walked into, you know, Jacksonville and lost to the Jags tonight, but it's just, it, it was just, it was tough to, the, 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 for as tired as the defense was, the, the, the drive to give up to Derek Carr with 36 seconds. I mean, that was inexcusable. I mean, that was just soft. It's two plays. I mean, it counts as five plays because of two spikes and a field goal attempt. Yeah. But it was two plays. Two plays, 38 yards. Again, I thought I was like, there's no way. It was way so weird, too. Wink was bringing pressure on almost every key down of the game. And the second play, I can't remember who that, that, who car threw to for the completion. I believe he only rushed three. Maybe brought like a late, late to rush four. It was just a different way that he'd handled pretty much. And maybe it was like, I can't keep bringing pressure. Let me just drop deep in the coverage and hope that these guys can contain everybody. But yeah, very tough, very tough situation. But I mean, the Ravens have a lot, are going to have a lot of questions. I, I think that, you know, those, those offensive tackle spots are, are huge. I mean, if the Ravens offensive line is not a thing that is one of their pluses, you're, 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 you're not going very far. You're not. And I think of all of, of all the inefficiency or all the deficiencies that were potentially shown, that is the most, that is the most concerning one clearly to me. Well, yeah. I mean, that's their meal ticket, but, and again, not, I mean, it hasn't been brought up, but the fumbles Lamar, it's, yeah. I, I, I thought, I thought the one was a great defensive play where I think By he Clinton just punched Jefferson. it right out when he was, which, all-time bad look for Harbaugh going like this, saying he was down. Oh, I wasn't even like, Lamar, was was, look. Lamar was completely um, off the ground, but the fumbles. The I mean, fumbles in the pocket happen kind of, a lot of times. That's going to be the story. Jefferson came unavoidable. on the backside. Oh, yeah, he He's came been on the stripped in the, in the pocket far less than any quarterback in the league. The only, tough, the only tough one on Lamar is the one where Jefferson made the play is Lamar's got the ball. I mean, he's got it so far away from his body. Like, he's not making really any – now – does he protect it from Jefferson anyway, when he has maybe no idea that he's coming from that side? And it's a great, I mean, Maryland's finest Quentin Jefferson. Um, but yeah, the fumbles is going to get talked about and, and the fumble in a huge spot. In the, we've, in the, uh, okay. we've, we've also got, um, I mean, the play before the fumble in overtime, you have Lamar hitting Mark Andrews with a good throw for a first down and, and he drops it. He doesn't secure Money the pass. Mark was invisible Rough tonight. Nine. Yeah. So I'm, we get a new set of downs there and we're probably not dropping back in the pocket on, on third and seven, like we were. So you look at the, we'd be at, at our own 42 or so with a fresh set of downs and really just 20, not even like 20 yards or so that we would need to get in range for Tucker. I mean, just all these little plays, all these little things that are just basic things that we just could have done tonight that could have changed the outcome. And we just didn't do those things. Only and five so, targets for Andrews tonight, too. And so as I as I look at this ledger of things, as I continue to add them up, and I see, yes, okay, the two fumbles, Lamar, you, at least one of the two, you got to protect the ball better. I mean, you got to have some leeway in terms of letting a guy go out and be himself, and sometimes you're going to fumble here and there. It's just impossible to never fumble. But – and there were some, some poor throws or maybe some timing or whatever during the game, but I look at the ledger of all the good things that Lamar did – when nobody else was doing anything whatsoever, he had no help from the offensive line. Um, I thought Hollywood also played a pretty good game. Sammy Watkins dropped a pass or two, but he also had the big catch that honestly 
had a, like could have been a game winning play in in theory if the defense could have done their job one of the two times because they had another drive where they had a lead a full touchdown lead and they gave that up too so um i just look at all the things considered here and i look at lamar jackson's body of work here in this game and i can't say that he played a bad game at all i don't even think he played a decent game i think he played a good game not a great game at all but i think he played a good game he provides some magic which you know you know he can do and a lot of that was in key moments and put his team in a position to win and his teammates let him down. The what about, and again, I mean, I don't think it affected anything. The Marlon Humphrey pick that he had and didn't know was one of the most bizarre plays I've seen. I still can't figure out if he actually had it. I not. think he had it. Cause it was like, they showed two or three. Cause, and you can even see Renfro runs over and jumps on it and they had already called it dead. Um, but that was, I mean, and he, I, it was a weird game for Marlon too. Cause he was owning, owning Darren Waller. And again, I mean, Waller got 19 targets. They said it was the most targets a tight end's had since Aaron Hernandez in 2012. Mm. Which, which I'll give John more. Gruden this credit, and he he almost bungled the game like four times at the end there. <laughs> uh, he's like, I know who my best playmaker is. I'm just gonna force feed him the ball a thousand times. I kind of respected it. Yeah. I was like, they are just they know who their guy is. They know no one is a good matchup for him, and they are just gonna throw him the rock. Fair enough. Like, fair enough. Like, that's your guy. Just keep throwing to – I mean, Derek Carr throws for 435 yards in this game. The last touchdown kind of irrelevant. They probably just would have kicked a field goal in one, so maybe take those out. But still, over 350 on a lot of, like, legitimate – I mean, just not good enough from the Ravens' defense to you, – you, you can't give up 400-yard passers. You just, if, especially if you're going to talk about how good you think you are, too. Like – and you don't have Marcus Peters, and that's tough. Like that, I mean, that's just—it's just, it's just t- not having Peters and Humphrey, Humphrey together. It just takes away so much of what they want to do. But, whew, four hundred thirty-five from D. Carr is a tough thing to look at in the box. I was gonna say um, it, it. It had been a while since you'd seen the Ravens give up almost five hundred yards and a, and you know let up a fourth quarter lead. I, it's it. I mean, it was it was a weird a weird performance. I asked our listeners on Twitter. If they had any thoughts or questions for us, and so much of this is about the offensive line. Yeah, I got people asking me for positive spin zones, and I just don't have it. Mm. I just don't have it. One game. It's one game, and it it feels like it's ten games. So I'm well. Part of the reason how how the game went, but yeah. Yeah, so I'm looking at some things here, and I'm trying to, like, think my way through, like, what could we have done differently at least to, I don't know, hide or conceal or protect our weaknesses here on the offensive line. And we ran the ball 34 times versus 30, 30 pass attempts. Some of those are dropbacks that turn into, into running plays when Lamar takes off, but that's a balance to a run-heavy balance, like, especially in the NFL – So we didn't necessarily abandon the run by any means. In fact, we just about abandoned the pass, which in real time, it didn't feel like that was necessarily the case. Um, But I I mean, I don't really know what the answer is there. I mean, can we run the ball that much more than we already did? Because when we ran, we were still effective. 5.6 yards per rush. Um, You know, Lamar broke a couple big ones, and that kind of inflates that number a bit. He had 12 carries for 86 yards. 
But man, I mean, the really the biggest number on this box where I look at is 435 yards by Derek Carr. You just cannot give up that many yards to a quarterback of that caliber and expect to win anything. You just can't. And especially, I think a lot of it, Brian Edwards, 81 yards, like Hunter Renfro, six catches, 70 yards. Like those are the guys, like I think if Henry Ruggs or if, again, Waller got his 10 for 105, those, I think you're going to, they're going to get those. But like the Brian Edwards, four for 81. And again, that that's kind of inflated with that, that pass, you know, that almost was a touchdown. But like, those are the guys that like, you can't let the Brian Edwards and the Hunter Renfros beat you. No. Kenny Drake, mean, five catches, 59 yards, and, you know. It's like, we know what Marlon Humphrey can do. He's going to do what he does. Mm-hmm. What the hell What the hell is our answer for everybody else? It's This is not a league where you can have two cover corners and call it a day in your secondary. You just can't have it. So you look at a team like Kansas City, and they've got Travis Kelsey's a massive issue, of course, but then they've got all those other issues that they have there in the receiving core that we just simply don't have answers for. Like, we just – I have no idea how we're going to handle that. Like, we have to score on every drive next Sunday night. They they had Travis Kelsey on the Peyton and Eli broadcast. And, and Britt Banks, I don't know if you were listening to it. Uh, I was talking to Taylor about it. And they asked him something about, like, oh, who do you got? Some, something about next week. And number one, he didn't even realize they were playing the Ravens next week. And then he was like, the way Waller is playing tonight, you just have to be drooling. And he was like, oh, we're this is perfect game. Like, we're, we're going to build off this, absolutely. And again, it's like, man, if if they targeted Darren Waller 19 times, it's it's borderline terrifying to see to think of what Mahomes and 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 Kelsey are going to do. Man, it just kills the energy going into that game. I, I was also going to say, like, I was going to say because people even after Thursday and and the Black Thursday, people were calling it. Even after that, like people were still excited. Like, oh, I can't wait. You know, whatever kind of like whatever happens in the Raiders game is going to happen, but Sunday night is going to be something special. And I feel like just because of the way that they lost this and, and the performance, I think people are I, – I, like, I, I feel like it's already kind of deflated the crowd. And that may change. It may come Sunday night and, and everyone's kind of pumped back up again. Maybe the Steelers get shit pumped. I think they play the Raiders next week too. Um, who knows? But I, I was thinking that. I want like, does this take the crowd out of next week kind of? Yeah, honestly, I, I was thinking about this going down the stretch because I wrote and rewrote the blog I was, I was watching blog. i was watching you on the dashboard Go yeah back. i mean just so many fucking versions that i had of that thing um if if their guy misses the 55 yarder and we sneak out of there with a win i'm still disgusted like i'm still feeling like this team is going nowhere fast and i feel like that's an overreaction just again off of one game but there's just there's just so little to go off of from this game Besides just some constants that we already knew, like Lamar Jackson gives you a chance in every game, but there's no way for that to be sustainable across 17 games. There's no way he's going to make it through a season if Villanueva is at right tackle. I was going to say now with this offensive line. No. And, but, but you know what the narrative is going to be? It's going to be, oh, there it is. Lamar's catching up. His, his style of play is catching up with him. Of course it is. And that, that's 100% what it's going to be, not in just completely ignoring the Villanueva, the, the Ronnie Stanley still nursing that injury. Yeah. People are going to be talking about the Orlando Brown trade. I tell you that much. And I mean, uh, I was going to say he didn't look great, but it was it was Miles Garrett uh, yesterday, which yeah, he didn't look great. Looks, I agree. Really looks but, great. Um, I mean, that's a that's a a question that we're going to have to answer too. 
two times. I do have uh, one last tweet. And again, I don't know if, if you wanted to end on this from my guy, Connor said, Oh God damn it. Now I got to find it. Um, the Ravens have finished. Oh, they started Owen two twice, four times. And I think they finished third in the division every year. They did that. It was like 99, Oh two, Oh nine. And I think 2015, how did he, made, he finish ahead of anybody in 2015? I don't know. He, he, he deleted the tweet, so it may not be it may not be true. I can't find it now. Mm. But take that uh, take that for something. Lamar Continue. said that's all on me, apparently. Accountability. Love it. That's what LeBron tweeted. So. <laughs> Our biggest concern after the draft was why the Ravens didn't take a tackle. I think you have to ask that question of why they didn't take one tackle in the draft. It's hard. I mean, it's it, that's hard. To, hard to, it's yeah. It's just hard to disagree it's with a, that. It's just right in front of us. It's staring you right in the face when you cut Ben Mason. You traded Sean Wade. There's really Tylen Wallace will play on special teams all year. Brandon Stevens is playing. Ben Cleveland was inactive. You know nothing. Rashad Bateman to Dalen Hayes is hurt. Yeah, you didn't need to take one in the first round. Could have taken one anywhere. Not not. Guess where? You, guess where you took Orlando Brown in the third round? I, we obviously praise and deservedly praise Mr. DaCosta because he's an amazing personnel man, and maybe this will come back and he will have the the uh, the magic dust to figure out this roster. But to not address that position with with a player, with a young player, even if it was a developmental one made no sense after the draft and continues to make no sense. So. Yeah. But that's, I'm, that's I'm that just, might, just that, about at a loss of words at this that point. That might be a um, topic for another day. I feel like I've just been sweating and just fuming for two and a half hours now, pretty much since the end of the first half. And there's been so many iterations of like what I want to say and what I'm angry about that I've forgotten ones. Like you mentioned the, the fourth and one in the second quarter there where they handed it off to Murray, like that was infuriating. It's a pivotal game changing play, I think. That and was like a getting right it was like a get cute. Like there's no need to Yeah, that's you give the ball to Lamar there. All right. We scored our one touchdown by giving it to Tyson in that similar situation. But it was early early in the play. game we were running outside way too much and not banging it inside with with some of the beef we got there. I don't know. Maybe the the dynamic of the entire offense changes with Nick Boyle in the in the, in the mix or something. I, I just don't know, though. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's – He's one of my, on my few lifelines is Nick Boyle. To end on a more uplifting conversation point, as you say, Boyle, Bateman. It was so funny that – and Steve Levy was like mentioning Miles Boykin as like a huge returning guy in a few weeks. It's like, yeah, probably not, but um, they will get some of those guys back. So you hope that maybe that makes a difference in a few weeks. Maybe Rashad Bateman comes in and the you know the Ravens just open it up in the spread and Lamar just throws it fifty five times to Sammy and Hollywood and Bateman. But we will see. Yeah. Any- any final thoughts? I don't know. I'm going to digest this a little bit, and we'll talk on Wednesday night for the Thursday episode. Maybe do a little power ranking of like what the the order of operations are and what needs to get fixed or what are the biggest issues. 
I don't know. We'll touch on that maybe next time, but for now, this just just this blows. The X fifty two podcast starts the season zero and two. Eric, Titans, Ravens, weird, weird, and we'll talk more about this Wednesday. Very interesting start for some of the accounted for favorites in the AFC with the Bills, Titans, and Ravens. All yeah, only eighteen more losses till I jump in the harbor. Mm. Coming! Wow! Coming! Wow! 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 How about that? We'll continue to track that as the story develops. For RDT, for Banks, for myself, Taylor Schmike, that's the XV2 Instant Analysis Podcast presented by Jimmy Seafood. We will see you for the normal show this week. Enjoy your Tuesday morning or whenever you listen. See you next time.